Hallelujah. Good morning, church. I believe you are all happy to be in God's presence this morning. So you are all welcome into God's presence in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. And to all our global viewers, thank you for tuning to Emmanuel TV. May the Lord God Almighty bless your heart desires as you join us in today's service in Jesus' name. Please, you may be seated. My name is Yetunde, and I'm an evangelist here at the Synagogue Church of All Nations. I thank God Almighty for the wonderful grace to stand on this awesome and amazing altar for the glory of God. Yes, people of God, all that is happening around us today are not acts of imagination. I mean, all our experiences in life are not fiction. That is an image or drama created in the mind. Once again, all that is happening around us are not imagination acts, but facts of life. I mean, our experiences in life are not fiction. That is an image or drama created in the mind, but real life encounters. Right from the beginning of our journey on earth, starting from Adam and Eve, God Almighty, in his infinite mercy, gave us an awareness of sin. As he said in the book of Genesis, chapter 2. Let us read about the awareness of sin that the Lord gave us right from the beginning of our journey on earth. Open your Bible with me to Genesis, chapter 2. And I will take my reading from verse 15. Then the Lord God took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to tend and keep it. Verse 16. And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, Of every tree of the garden you may freely eat. Verse 17. But of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, you shall not eat, for in the day that you eat of it, you shall surely die. You shall what? Surely die. And this leads me to the title of my message today, A Conscious Warning. What do I say? A Conscious Warning. What is the meaning of a conscious warning? It simply means an awareness and prevention over a situation. The Bible says, if we fail to obey God's commandments, we face the wages of sin, which is death. But if we obey God, get closer to Him, and not run from Him, we will enjoy the benefits of Calvary. 
that is his promise. And that will also bring us to our proof text today in that book of John 5. Let us open our Bible to the book of John 5, and I will take my reading from verse 1. After this was the feast of the Jews, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. Verse 2. Now there is in Jerusalem by the sheep gate a pool, which is called in Hebrew Bethesda, having five porches. In these lay a great multitude of sick people, blind, lame, paralyzed, waiting for the moving of the water. Verse 4. For an angel went down at a certain time into the pool and stirred up the water. The whoever stepped in first, after the stirring of the water, was made well of whatever disease he had. Verse 5. Now, a certain man was there who had an infirmity 38 years. Verse 6. When Jesus saw him lying there, and knew that he already had been in that condition a long time. He said to him, Do you want to be made well? Verse 7. The sick man answered him, Sir, I have no man to put me into the pool when the water is stayed up. But while I am coming, another steps down before me. Verse 8. Jesus said to him, Rise, take up your bed, and walk. Verse 9. And immediately the man was made well, took up his bed, and walked. And that day was the Sabbath. Now because of time, let us quickly go to verse 14, which is going to be our last verse and 15. Verse 14, John 5 verse 14. Afterward, Jesus found him in the temple and said to him, See, you have been made well. See no more, lest the worst thing come upon you. Verse 15. The man departed and told the Jews that it was Jesus who had made him well. Remember the title of our message today, A Conscious Warning. It is all about God's time. And we all know that God's time is the best. God's time is the best. There is need for us to wait for God's time. The Bible says there was a man at the pool of Bethesda who had an infirmity for 38 years. He never bothered for how long he had to wait because he believed God that if only he could dip himself into the water, he would be made whole. And while waiting at the poolside, learn, while waiting at the poolside, he heard many testimonies. Many people were healed in his presence, but he was not discouraged. He heard many testimonies. Why there at the poolside, right there in his presence, he was not discouraged. He believed one thing, God's time. Now, consider my distance from here to the altar fruit. With an infirmity for 38 years, struggling, 
striving just to get that apple for 38 years in pain and agony. Why people behind me run after to get it? But I'm still here, struggling, striving, but no one to help to get. Yet, I believe if I get hold of that apple, I will be healed. I will be blessed. I will be restored. And I will be sanctified. That was his faith. The Bible said this man was at the pool of Bethesda. He saw beyond his healing. And the reason he saw was for the salvation of his soul. That was why Jesus Christ found him in the temple. Which means whether he was healed or not, he was always at the temple. And he will always be in the temple. Jesus Christ found him in the temple. Not at the bare pallor. Not at the bare pallor. Not in a party. Because it was God's time. Not in a party sharing his testimony. But he was found in the temple. Where will Jesus Christ found you when it is God's time? Jesus Christ did not see this man with a beer or a cigarette. He found him inside the temple sharing his testimony. And he now reemphasized the need to maintain his healing by keeping himself holy. Remember from the verse we read. He never knew it was Jesus. But even until Jesus Christ met him, he was still at the temple after his healing. Because that has been his habit, always in the presence of God. Jesus Christ found him there and said to him, See, you are well again. See, you have been made whole. Stop sinning. See no more. Which means the man was coming from sin. See no more means don't do it again. Don't what? Don't do it again. Because Jesus Christ knew that anyone can receive a miracle. But not everyone can maintain it. Everyone can receive healing. But not everyone can maintain healing. That is why he re-emphasized the need for him to maintain his healing. By keeping himself holy. People of God. Jesus Christ found it so necessary to give this conscious warning because it is so common for people. Very common. When in want, when sick, when in trouble, to make promises upon promises. To make promise and not to do anything. Promise much and to do nothing or little when they receive their healing. When they receive their blessing, their breakthrough. That is why he found it so necessary to give this conscious warning to this man. That is when you see people today saying, Lord, if I can get that business, not only will I bring 20% of my profits to your house, but I will make it 80%. What a promise. Lord, if you can bless me with fruit of the womb, I will dedicate that child to you what's a promise if i can get to that position i will use that position to glorify you what's a promise 
Lord, if I can just get there, I will do this, I will do that. Jesus Christ knew that it's so common for people to make promises upon promises. But after they receive, they forget all. When comfort comes, they forget all. They forget all the promises they made at first in the past. They forget the zeal that they show at the beginning. The suffering they went through in the past, they tend to forget it all. That's why the Bible says this man was found at the temple. He saw the reason beyond his healing. And that reason was for the salvation of his soul. And that was why Jesus Christ reemphasized the need for him to maintain his healing by keeping himself holy. Brethren in Christ Jesus, remember the challenges you faced in the past, your troubles, your problems. Remember how God Almighty healed you of that sickness. Because you once promised God, Lord, if you can heal me of that sickness, if you can cure me of that disease, when I'm well again, I will glorify your name. I will testify to your goodness. But after everything, you forget it. Promise upon promises. There is so many promises. People made promises upon promises. Promises to, to sustain. But at the end of the day, nothing happens. You promise God Almighty to serve Him with all your substance. That is why today you see many people rush into marriage. Because they see their friends getting married. Not because they are ready for it. Or having children or pressure from the family side. But at the end of the day, they end up with broken homes. Those friends, those relatives that you are imitating, when trouble comes, there will be no place to be found. That is when they will tell you salvation is personal. That is how you have used and that is how you have chosen to live your life. Many abandon their divine destiny just because they are imitating others rather than God. Likewise, many businesses, many contracts fail today because people see others doing it. Not that they themselves are convinced or believe that they should go into it. Just as my father and the Lord Prophet Tibidusha says, that you cannot succeed in a business unless you believe in that business. Unless you believe that it's work for you. And the question is, who is to be blamed? Who is to be blamed? When the Bible says, as Christians, we are responsible for whatever we give our attention to. What do you give your attention to? And how have you been keeping God's warning? What do you do with God's warning? God gives us warning in different ways. Sometimes, it could be through dreams, signs. These are the guides to our lives. And he speaks to our hearts. Because our heart is a communication point for the Holy Spirit. But because of our rebellious nature, we ignore it. So with our own hands, we invite pain, we invite sorrow, we invite agony into our own lives just because we want to satisfy our fleshly desires. People of God, 
who are we to be blamed? I want you to turn to your neighbor. Pay attention to God's warning. Pay attention to God's warning. Yes. He knows we are all weak. And that is why he never stops manifesting his strength in our weaknesses. Now, another good example of what I'm talking about is Joseph, son of Jacob. Consider the road to his divine destiny from the dry pits, slavery in Potiphar's house, prison to the throne, consider everything. Because Joseph had a vision when he found himself in the dry pits. He said, "Mm -mm. I know where I belong, not here, because he had a vision. Because he had a vision, he was able to bear the pain in the dry pits. Because he had a vision, he was able to endure the prison condition. Because he had a vision, he was able to bear the temptation with Potiphar's wife. And each time he found himself in a place or in a situation that contradicts what he believed, that contradicts his vision, he said to himself, no, I know where I belong, not here. And that imparted strength to endure the dry pit condition. When he found himself in the prison, he said, I know where I belong, not here. That imparted strength to endure the prison condition. And when he now found himself in the situation with Potiphar's wife, where she was trying to tempt him, the Bible says he refused to yield to that temptation because he considered three things about himself. One, who he was. Two, he was a covenant child. Three, a child with a promise of God. Do you know where you belong? No, actually, do you know where you belong? Do you know where you belong? If you know where you belong, why do you complain? Why do you murmur? Why do you fight? And why do you have time for every unnecessary question if you know where you belong? Joseph knew where he belonged. That was why he was able to stand, was able to testify because he knew where he belonged. He said to himself, I will not die here when he found himself in the dry pit. When he found himself in the prison, he said, I will not die here. I will live and testify to the glory of God. You shall testify today in Jesus' name. He said, I will testify to the glory of God. He never fell into self-pity because he knew where he belonged. And when he looked around, he said, Jehovah, you, I trust in you. Oh, Lord, Jehovah, you, I 
God's vision for your life. Bye-bye. Put your hands together for Christ Jesus. Please, you may be seated. Yes, people of God, we all need Jehovah to get to our divine destiny. And to achieve it is not a bed of roses. You are going to come across snakes, scorpions, and thorns. I mean, people that surround you, people that you expect to support you, they will come against you. But don't worry. Remember one thing, your divine destiny. Remember what? Your divine destiny. When you know where you are going, whatever happens to you midway cannot change your focus. So, do not lose focus. Do not lose focus. In conclusion, God Almighty would not have given you a conscious warning 
if it will not benefit your life. He will not have given you a conscious warning if he had not promised something. God would not have given a conscious warning if he did not have the key to your life. He will not have given you a conscious warning if he was not your creator. That warning is to point you to your future success and not condemnation. That warning is to point you to your future success and not condemnation. You need to have the tools to life fulfillment, which stand as a tool, which stand as a link to your divine destiny. You need to what? You need to have the tools to life fulfillment, which stand as a link to your divine destiny. And these tools are one, patience. Patience. Two, endurance. Three, tolerance. Four, forbearance. And five, perseverance. You need to have all these tools of life fulfillment. When you have all these tools in your life, then you can boldly stand and say to your sorrow, your trouble, your pain, your agony, so long, bye-bye. So long, bye-bye. So long, bye-bye. Yes, people of God, I want you to rise to your feet. Let us rise to our feet. Because we need to declare our stand before our Heavenly Father. You need to declare who you are. Now repeat after me. Say, I am a spirit. I am a spirit living in a physical body. Living in a physical body and learning to live in the natural world. Oh, Holy Spirit, help me help me to be conscious of your mercy to be conscious of your favor to be conscious of your blessing when they come upon me when they come upon me give me the grace Lord to be conscious of your righteousness to be conscious of your presence Lord Jesus give me the grace to be conscious of your joy when I face sadness to be conscious of your comfort when I face distress Lord Jesus give me the grace to always be conscious of your promise in Jeremiah 29 verse 11 which says for I know my thoughts towards you my thoughts towards you are of peace and not of evil to give you good life and a future I want you to sing this song with all your heart to the Lord hold the blood of Jesus
Jesus. Hold the blood of Jesus. Hold the blood of Jesus. Is His words in the midst of your hearts in Jesus' name.